0: So I'm I'm laughing, guys, because Chris and I were just uh, joking around before the show started. So hopefully, getting some funny stuff here. Very excited to have a guy I I genuinely love having on, Jim West coming on. But before we do, Fort Scott Munitions, you've heard about, you've heard us talk about Fort Scott week after week because we love what they're doing and they're a great sponsor of the show. They're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry but it quickly also became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike with the ammo being CNC spun. The tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott munitions is a, Available through privately owned businesses in all 50 states. That's if your state has not issued some crazy executive order. Yeah, goodness. Um, <laughs> but, but you can get them directly online through FortScottMunitions.com and use ex- uh, exclusive promo code BattleLine for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of this podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BattleLine Tactical, and the Battleline podcast, and even though you know a lot of stuff is shut down, you do have some stuff coming up that you will be using Fort Scott on, right?
1: Oh well, yeah, we we have arranged it. It's like you said, it's it's state dependent. Whatever. Yeah. It's gov it's governor dependent. You damn, uh, I'm okay, I'm not gonna say it anyway. But Oklahoma's got we got a course coming up May second and third. Um, it's home defense course. It's a, it's a fun course to do uh where we we do we we teach the basics of of room entries and just but also we don't get in the, so much in the task because that that takes years to develop uh to be an effective uh close quarter combat uh, tactician and even after years it's it's hard to even 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 just still Become an expert in it because things change in urban environments, but it gives us the chance to show you and give people some confidence of how if you are ever in a situation where you have to clear your room or you have to uh, you have an intruder in your house, how to deal with it. And of course, we use Fort Scott Munitions. Day one is a lot of shooting with pistol and rifle. So it's coming up in Oklahoma at Iron Gal Firearms with Eddie Ranji's place and nice. a tremendous course. Yeah, a tremendous course out there. And yeah, of course, I'll be having Fort Scott Munitions. I'll have my old tunnel toolbox out there, because that's what I use for home defense, shooting three hundred blackout ammunition, one hundred and fifteen grain. and and uh, we'll post a lot of videos of it. And you can see, How uh, how I use and Ben Morgan out there from Morgan Timing Systems, he's one of my instructors. uh, How how we use Fort Scott Munitions and how reliable it is, and it's just it's just a tremendous tremendous uh, tremendous tremendous ammunition company. So yeah, we'll 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 post some stuff, and I'm sure Ian Ian always repost stuff on the podcast page. You're going to see it on the Battleline Tactical page, my page, and of course the Battleline podcast page, and we'll you'll be see you'll see Fort Scott Munitions right up to the forefront.
0: Oh yeah, you almost said tremendous as many times as Trump says did, tremendous. Did I say tremendous?
1: tremendous. <laughs> Does he say tremendous? I didn't know he yeah, said tremendous. He uses,
0: <laughs> I feel like he always uses those same words, like tremendous
1: governor. You, you know. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to watch. No, I'm not watching. Shut up! You, you're not baiting me, and I'm not watching the news or anything. C-span. No, not watching the president <laughs> talk. I don't. i I am so happy. Finally, being back to what I was before when uh, when I was deploying all the time, where I didn't give two shits about the news, dude. I never watched it. It's it. Life is so much better. And you you give me the information I need anyway. We're on the show. You 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 pick and choose yeah, what it's, really it's, I need yeah, to know about. Uh, so, and it's never really the
0: mainstream news. The this, the the stuff that's on TV. The only time I see that is when I go over my parents' house. But anyway, we'll get into the show here. Uh, Fort Scott Munitions once again. fortscottmunitions.com. Munitions dot com exclusive promo code Battleline. Let's hit it.
2: On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peronto and Ian Scotto. This This, is the BattleLine Podcast.
1: Switches on, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face.
0: Great. The nice. Switch is on. Yeah. And uh, just getting into everything here. Very excited to have Jim West. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to get into. Actually, I think the first thing we could mention that I thought would be a funny email from a listener sent to uh, podcast at email.com. You know, it's funny. I thought this guy was a uh, Border Patrol agent because I saw his name was Chris Ca- uh, Caballero or Caballero. Caballero. That'll, be, that'll Caballero. be my Spanish name. Caballero, nice, uh, nice. But, <laughs> but <'cause> I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's actually a Border Patrol agent I remember speaking to who does a podcast, and that's his name, except he spells Chris the way you spell Chris, K-R-I-S, this huh. guy, uh, which I, I rarely I don't, I don't, see. I,
1: yeah, it's, 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 I'm not familiar. If I am, sorry, Chris. If we've talked before and I've somehow forgot, I'm getting old, man. So well, no, no, that's,
0: that's my thing. The guy that I know of, Chris Caballero or Caballero, uh, is C-H-R-I-S. And uh, so I, I, I wasn't sure. I asked this guy. I was like, are you a Border Patrol agent by any chance? And he was like, no, just a regular Joe uh, fan of the show. So, But I thought maybe it was him. But anyway, he sent this to us, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. And this is a fun question as opposed to the serious stuff a lot of people ask. Uh, question for you both. Would you both be game characters for Call of Duty: Modern Warfare?
1: Oh hell yeah! I I, <laughs> I think the last Modern Warfare too. My son came and told me. He goes, "Hey dad, you know they're doing a uh, they're doing a, an embassy attack in Benghazi, thirteen hours on the new Call of Duty." There's actually a uh, a situation when you do the uh I, I, it's not they do when you do the game the role play stuff that, that they, uh, you have to defend an embassy. Shocker Thank you call. I mean, <laughs> but uh. I I would definitely be one. I think actually I do have a character on Minecraft. If you look at Minecraft, somebody built a Tonto character, I think two or three years ago. Again, my son, who's a game player, he he found it. He goes, hey, Dad, look, you're on on Minecraft. So honestly, to me, that is the biggest form of flattery, right? Anything else? But if you have a character, if there is an actual Tonto fighting in shorts and a Mickey Mouse shirt on Call of Duty... Oh, that, to me, you, um, you've made it. I've made it. I made it i do not need anything else. I've made it. So, hell yeah. I, I would love that. Hey, who makes, call it, is that EA? It, not EA Sports uh, is could, all, like, I the Madden stuff. Yeah, I, I can, don't I know who it, it is. But whoever it is, throw it on there, especially since you... You're using Benghazi as one of your roles in the in the most recent Call of Duty, where you have to defend an embassy. Throw yeah, definitely throw Tano and Oz and Tig and Boone and and Jack and Rowan, throw them all on there, man. You know, but um, I of course I would. That that's the cool thing in the world, right there. I I'm not that big of a gamer, but at least from the Wikipedia, what I'm
0: seeing is uh, is Infinity Ward, I guess, is a developer. I've never heard of. And,
1: and yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Activision, um, I am. Activision has been around for since the beginning. Since we had the Artars, Activision, there was a game where you used to. I had it. You had to you used to have to swing back and forth over over ponds and alligators, and it, it was, the yeah, Activision's been around forever, I didn't know Activision was still around, see that, learn something every day, man, there you go. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm going by Wikipedia, I mean, the question said both of us, but, the, you know, of course, if they, if they have any interest in having me, why not, <laughs> but then I think, I, I'd be called like a uh Stolen Valor guy, they'd be like, I haven't served in the military, and I'd be like, no no, yeah. no, 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 they just asked me to be in the game for some reason, I, I would <laughs>
1: that would be so cool we'd have to change your name though dude it couldn't just be ian we'd have to get a call sign for you something so yeah the only Uh, thing i have to i have to add to this i
0: guess is uh and i don't know if you have any insight on this i remember um speaking with guys in the community about when socom navy seals came out and i think there was some type of controversy over guys who were active who were active duty spending time to be um the guys in that game and yeah yeah, uh, my, my uh, I don't know enough about it. So I'm I'm totally speaking off the top of my head on this. But I guess my feeling on it would be I, I think anybody in that case, even if they probably weren't technically supposed to be doing it, you know, you get asked to be in a video game like SOCOM Navy SEALs. You're probably going to be like, hell, yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people would turn that up.
1: Right, And, and you're you're not you're not really there's nothing not, you're not violating security, national security. It's not like you're giving them, well, here's this mission that we did. And of it was top secret, but let's put it in Call of Duty. Let's put it in Modern Warfare. That's one of your... I, I mean, if the, if that's what they're doing, yes, that's illegal. You can't do that shit. <laughs> yeah, but if I it's think just it your have been, name or likeness, yeah. yeah.
0: I think it may have been them getting paid for it, but, uh, you know, I think anybody probably would have done that. And and actually, when I think of SOCOM Navy SEALs and all that stuff, uh, sometimes when people think of the word propaganda, it has, like, a negative connotation. I think those games are propaganda in the positive sense that well, they, that's how younger kids are learning about special operations. You know, they're wow. not you
2: know, they're
0: just, not learning about it the same ways as as guys years ago. They're watching movies like um uh, you know the movie about Marcus Luttrell and playing games like SoCOM Navy Seals.
1: Yeah, no, I it there's to me that's nothing wrong about it. If there if there was issue with the Department of Defense getting mad at the guys for taking money, kiss my ass, Department of Defense. Just because you <laughs> probably didn't get cut in it, cut in it. Now you're bitching because oh these guys are making money. Believe me, DOD, you make tons of money off lesser things than that, with more unethical, unethical, uh, uh, unethical issues out there. So, no, I, I think that's probably what it was more than anything is you got flag, flag officers out there saying, "Oh man, we didn't get our cut." Look, at, and the, and the, 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 the enlisted guys are making money. Nope, can't do that. Yeah, eat shit. The, the guys if they're in the movie, and if your likeness. If you're if your life rights are in I uh, said likeness which is, goes down to life rights where if you're in a movie you have to you have to sign a contract for your life rights so so you're which is what we did for 13 hours so the movie can use you and you can't sue them um, if, if you're getting your likeness used in a video game and anything that's gonna make money movies books so forth you should be getting paid for it that's bullshit if you're not and if if you, this is a note to everybody getting out of the service or anybody that actually has been approached to say, hey i'm gonna put you in a movie no make sure you get paid for it dude make sure yeah. oh, i'm gonna put you in a book Man, make sure you get paid for it even the guys in my book, in the book i put uh the patriots creed um no i i and I, you know i'm not going to get into the, the finance but it was it was a call and it was and a lot of them said no i don't want your money i don't want to take it no guys I've been in that boat before. You have a story. You're giving a little bit of work into this. You're gonna get compensated for it. And and that's that's how it should be. So yeah, DOD, if if they did, I didn't know that, Ian. If I, I, I thought they and, I didn't and know and I that. don't
0: know a whole lot either because it's the it's the type of thing I remember <laughs> hearing about years ago. So I, I will be the first to, as a disclaimer, say my story could be entirely wrong on this. So I just remember hearing a little bit of controversy about it, but I also the thing that I'm just thinking of that that I do stand behind is I think there's probably a ton of kids who played that game when it came out and said, this is awesome. And they probably read books from there, learned about the seals and possibly became seals.
1: And that's nothing wrong with that. They use that for, so there you go right there, DOD that, Video game right there has helped get your numbers up for recruiting. (laughs) I I guess I just answered my own question right there. Oh, it probably has. I bet you. I mean, I
0: don't know if, I don't know if the DOD was involved or wasn't involved. I would think they would have been because it helps, but I just, yeah, I think it was over active duty guys. Like like I said, this was like a controversy years ago, but I just, you know, I I think video games are doing good things in terms of uh, just getting awareness out there. You know, in this day and age with social media you can't be so top secret that
1: seventeen-year-olds yeah. and sixteen-year-olds don't hear about what you're doing. Yeah, back in the day, nobody knew who Delta was. Now it's a household name, and you make a TV show called The Unit. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out eventually. So I I agree, bro. There's nothing wrong with that. And video games. I played video games growing up too. I still play Call of Duty when I was overseas. It's one of the things we did to pass the time. It's it's a blast, and it does. It, it, I think it has positive ramifications. The naysayers out there will say. Oh, no, it, it condones violence and this and that. No, no. It, if you've got a good upbringing, believe me, I think the media and the mainstream media probably condones violence more than anything, not a video game. So I, I, I'm in agreement with you. And if guys are getting their likenesses on a video game, whether it's SOCOM Navy SEALs, whether it's Call of Duty or so forth, nothing wrong with that. But that being said, if a video game manufacturer, somebody's doing that. Damn there, you bet. you have some ethics and pay the guys that you're using their likenesses for because you're making a shitload of money off of them, and they deserve that. So that that's that's my soapbox comment on that. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Did um, when you played uh, video games like Call of Duty, were you yeah. on the headset like talking with the kids that are playing against you?
1: No, we actually. What we had is uh, normally we had enough guys, so we'd have four. Oh, well, that base. We we actually <laughs> we put our headsets on. And uh, we would play in our different buildings. So let's give you an example. Like, uh, let's say we were in in, in Kabul, Afghanistan. Um, everybody had a had a set within their own team rooms. And so we would each play each other. So we we're all in the same base, but we we're all in different team rooms talking to each other. So what you can do is, is you don't have to go and do an internationally game where you're you're playing with everybody from all over the country. If you have enough players, you can play amongst yourselves. But yeah, we were all on different sets in different rooms playing against each other, talking trash on the on the headset. Um, so uh, but I I have to watch for my son because he does that. So we got to make sure who he's talking to, because it it can get a little dangerous that way. too. Oh, yeah. You have you have you have predators on there. Oh, yeah. uh, What I was just thinking of. Yeah, I
0: was just thinking of you playing with the headset and some 16 year old. (laughs) being like, you pussy. Have you ever even fired a gun before?
1: (laughs) No, not not that. But I did have my son beat. I played against him one time and he did beat me and he goes, dad, I how am I better than you? I thought you were a ranger. <laughs> he started <laughs> talking and he was 13 at the time. So, well, so now I haven't got that yet though. I didn't do that. Not, I didn't get the, uh, the, the Thor where he's playing against, against the guy. And it was, what was, it, what was the, the last movie that came out in game where he's playing against, the the, the guy and hey, I'm Thor. I'm going to come down and I'm going to blow you up. If you ever get back on this game again, because <laughs> we talk never, but I'm sure if I did, uh, I'm sure if I did play like that, somebody would probably say something. Some 15-, 16-year-old probably say – actually, I think it would probably even be lower. I think it would probably be a 10- or 11-year-old talking trash. And and, uh, What could you – I would say. I I think it would be funny. I think it would laugh, maybe, depending on how belligerent these 10-, 11-year-olds get nowadays, brother. So I wish I had a story like that, but I don't. I don't.
0: That, uh, that brings me to another topic before we bring Jim on, um, that I didn't even write down, but now I'm thinking about it. If you could talk about it this week, you had to, didn't you have to renew what was your concealed carry?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I let it expire. And if you let it expire, you have to go back and you actually have to take the whole eight hour class again. And, um, yeah, it's it's it it's just is what it is. Nebraska wants my money just like anybody else's and I gotta follow the rules just like everybody else and, and that's fine. So you know, it it but I, the the gentleman that teaches it, Sean Steiner, he's got Steiner Academy out here, great guy. And if you're a Nebraska guys, he runs classes all the time. If you get a chance, uh look up Steiner Academy and take one of his classes. He's he's a very, very good individual. I, I knew the instructor, so it was fun. And he could kind of poke a little fun at me and we'll we'll do a picture of man. I've got to get a picture of that you were in my class that I was teaching you <laughs> concealed nice. Gary. So it it made it that it was fun, but yeah, like really I gotta go do this. But yeah, that's <laughs> the law. I mean, I and and uh yeah, I, I'm I'm nothing special. I, and so we went in uh, eight hours uh, a four and it was broken up in two days. God thank God for that. I would have fell asleep. So uh four hours, you know, you learn Nebraska law again, and then the second day you learn the fundamentals of marksmanship. And I'll tell everybody out there it's always good to learn fundamentals again and again and again because that's where your skill sets are always based off of. So you just gotta have the mindset in there. <laughs> you go in there, brother, and like, all right, well, I can be a student here and I can always get something out of it. And you know, I did. I actually got something out of it because they brought the US concealed carry. Association. Brad, his name's Brad, came in. He's actually taken a course from me before as well when I did want to enter ten. Um, but he came in to 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 because he's a US USCCA representative, and I didn't realize how great they were. And I'm I'm not you know we they're not a paid sponsor thing, guys. I'm not pushing it out there for them of that. But just how protect protective they can be if you ever are in an incident. And guys, I'm telling you out there, even with your concealed carry license, if you're ever in an incident, you are you're going to get strung up. So have somebody on your side, and I didn't realize that how much they – even though I have a lawyer on retainer, I have a lawyer, but how much they will take care of you if uh, if you are an instant. And even if it's a justified, which God forbid you have to use your gun. It better be justified, that, that how much the law really isn't on your side, and even if you do win a case, you're going to come after you civilly talk to OJ about that, <laughs> where he won his criminal case, but losses as civilly, they're going to do that as well. So I, at least what I'm saying is at least I still got something out of it. I found a way to get something out of it and it was fun. It was, and Sean was good. Sean's a great guy. So, and I got to pew pew a little bit. I got to shoot a little bit and then I stayed <laughs> at the range and shot for another hour. So, but yeah, brother, I'm not saying it was humbling because it's not, it's never humbling. That means that I'm talking bad. No, it, it just is. It is. It's like getting up, and going, really. I gotta go do this, but <laughs> <laughs> go suck it up and brace the suck. It, it was over, and here we are. And now I've got to. Now I've got to go make an appointment to actually go get my official license because you still have to go through the state patrol to turn all the paperwork in. But I got all the paperwork done now, so that's good. Yeah, I would think at a time like this, though, uh, I, I
0: guess just maybe from my perspective, it would be a little bit nice to have some uh, interaction with people you don't know and, you know, like minded people uh, rather than it being a pain in the ass like most
1: Well, that, times because- Yeah, well, well, that's where we're going in. Where the next seg, we're talking about the COVID. Hey, guys, guess what? I was in a room, a 20 by 10 room with 10 people, and guess what? I didn't catch the COVID. And I was less than six feet away from him. Mayor Stothard. Wow. If you're listening to this, kiss heart, kiss my ass. It's, I mean, that's just the class. That's where you're up now. We, 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 uh, we, we, we actually, you know, it was, a, it was the ten people rule, so we didn't go beyond that. But what I'm, what I'm poking fun at, guys, is that you know the chances of you catching something if you and uh, I, if I, you're I still, in I Nebraska, mean, if you're, <laughs> I still think it's still, I think still think the numbers are still overblown. Yeah, I, really, I mean, but I, anyway, I could just.
0: I can just say, I mean, the only thing I'm going to interrupt with because no, go ahead. Go I don't, ahead. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the severity in New York because I can tell you, man, every single day, my friends' parents are dying, my friends' grandparents are dying. It's, it's bad here. I, I understand the perspective from Nebraska, though.
1: Well, and that's the thing is that. Well, here's, here's, here's on the flip side. I have, I have again. I don't know anybody personally. No, nobody personally. I, 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 I genuinely even, know dozens. <laughs> well, and that's the but. I have the one I do know person. I okay, I do know someone here personally, a doctor. Yes, it, and Fenda has died. Um, and I talked to him. I said, "Well, what happened?" He says, "Well, what happened is we were out, and they were having you know dinner and something. And then the next day they went home. And he's this heavier set guy, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, and they found him dead the next day of a heart attack. But then they did the test, and he looked like it had a thing of COVID. So they classified it as as a COVID death." This is where I'm having issues, brother, and this is where we'll never be able to find out the truth for at least two years till the totals come back is that I still I still believe that there is a lot of misrepresentation that get, that there is the deaths that were COVID wasn't the primary cause. But that's why we're going to do it. We're going to say it is because of either money or because, again, I just think this country loves drama. More so when you're out of this country a lot and you, you watch it from afar, you see places that really do have serious problems every day, where Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq, Yemen, places like that. And I really think the, the American people and, and – and not the American people, the media and and, and this country – I I don't know if they feel like we're missing out because we don't have as many problems as all these other countries do. You know, we don't. There's nobody getting no women woman getting stoned in a soccer soccer stadium. I don't mean stoned by smoking weed. I mean, actually stoned in a soccer stadium because of a religion, because she wasn't wearing her her hijab or she she. And this is terrible. Guys, this is what happens. I'm being completely honest with you. She'll get raped by someone within the Taliban, and guess what? That's her fault. So who's dying? It's not the guy that's the Taliban. It's her. And then we have to – and I see that here. I see that, well, we don't – we got to look like we still have it terrible here, so let's just make this awful and make it terrible as we can and make it worse than what it actually is so we can compare to the atrocities that's going on in in Africa or, and I do see that. I see, I've seen that over the years. And that's just my assumption. How did we, we were actually all having all fun and I just went all dark. Sorry about that guy. <laughs> yeah. You threw, you threw in crazy.
0: the COVID <laughs> thing. I was talking, you know <laughs> and, co- and actually I, uh, we do have to get to Jim, but I did want to ask one thing real quick cause I, I was just uh, curious of it. Do they hold the concealed carries at the same time in different States? Cause I just thought it was a weird coincidence. I was on Facebook and I noticed uh, my friend, uh, former Major Will Rodriguez also in a classroom uh, <laughs> taking his concealed carry.
1: I, right now, they, there's a ton of them going on. Uh, it's it's just like buying buying ammunition, buying guns, and so forth. There there there's not a lot of open classes like I'm able to do one in Oklahoma. But how many have I had to cancel? I've had to cancel three of them. CCW classes are very, very uh, controlled where you can limit the amount of people coming in. So you can stay within that 10 meet, that 10 person, uh, uh, 10 person, social distancing, common courtesy. That's what I think it still is common courtesy distance. Um, so, and, and they're running them continuously. Like Sean has three a week where generally he doesn't, he's not able to do that many cause he's running other courses, uh, advanced, more advanced courses. But since a lot of those you have to, you can't do because ranges are closed down and so forth, CCWs are just running. And also, more people have guns as people are finding out just by the number of courses, brother. And I know we got to get to Jim, but by the number of courses people are having, you're seeing that most people, if the majority of people that are buying guns out there or having guns or obtaining guns are law-abiding, so they're making sure they're legal, so they can carry them legally and not get into trouble so i think that's another reason too i there's they just having there's more ccw courses for those reasons generally though those no no bro. They, they're just they're every state runs them a different because every state has different regulations just because i'm a ccw in nebraska doesn't mean i fall underneath the same rules within virginia or of course new york or california so everybody's different but right now definitely there's more ccw courses for those reasons
0: yeah, that makes sense. I was I was just curious, and I guess this makes a good segue because a guy who knows a thing or two about weapons is Jim West. And uh, before we get to him, Fort Scott Munitions. If you're one of those concealed carriers, you're gonna want to get on board with them. It's a manufacturer of multi-federal patented. Solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition, it's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TY ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available through our privately owned businesses in every state, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com, F O R T dot com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. We're so blessed to have them on board as a sponsor. And I truly yeah. mean that because, you know, at this time, a lot of uh, companies are suffering with uh, everything going on. People are losing their jobs. People don't have the disposable income that they normally would. And uh, people, luckily for them, uh, as a family-owned business, is are buying ammo, so check yeah. them out. Once again, uh, Fort Scott Munitions promo code Battleline for fifteen percent off. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peronto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. And I see Jim just wrote me, and he said, "Are we up?" So I am going to add Jim to the call right now. Yeah, joining us for the first time on the podcast is—I genuinely mean this, Jim—one of my favorite people in the world, James Smokey West. Retired Green Beret, martial arts expert, the creator of American Extension Fighting. You heard Jack Murphy talk about him on his episode. You heard Dale Comstock talk about him. I mean, truly a legend in the special operations community. Uh, So excited to have you on. And and actually, I was going to ask how your house arrest is going. But I I spoke to you yesterday. And it sounds like things are going good because this current book that you have out, A Mind for the Fight, American Extension Fighting, is uh, getting you some interesting offers, it sounds like
3: yeah actually i'm surprised you know from my small world i would say it's catching on fire but in the in the bigger world i would say it's more of a burning ember and it's uh getting ready to grow wings and uh, become a forest fire down the road uh many of the actual legends of american karate everyone from gary lee that runs the american sports karate museum to uh jimmy hartley george clark uh, bob wall who's chuck norris's business partner and a whole cast of characters they're all, all in this club there many of the guys are in their 80s you know but they they created this american uh, karate business many many years ago uh, and uh they're so far behind it i mean even after we talked i think yesterday uh they Said, so as soon as we get this quarantine lifted, uh, they want me in Texas. They want me to come out to Kansas and do a, a seminar for these, uh, you know, grandmasters. And I'm like, wow, what an honor, right? So yeah, it's a, it's really. Uh, I've done iHeart Radio already with uh, Royce Bartlett, you know, on, on Shooting Straight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've done the TRS podcast and a few other things. It's just just sitting here, you write a book and. I was I was actually talking to one of my friends a while back who's a 10th degree bike belt. And I said, it's funny, everybody knows a little bit about fighting and martial arts, but it seems like if you knock a couple of people out and write a book, <laughs> it kind of goes a long
1: way. All those names, the one that sticks out to me is, is, is Bob Wall. Robert Wall, you talk, is that the same Robert Wall in game, the Bruce Lee movies? End of the Dragon game, game of Death and all that. The, man, he was a badass. That dude. That, that, for, that's a, and did you tell me, did you knock him? I wanna know if you knocked him out, man. He's always well, been knocked out in
3: movies. Never knocked out Bob Wall. Bob Wall's an interesting guy. Uh he's he there's a common bond between a few of us. And uh he's probably the godfather. Uh, you know, he's a. he's probably been beat up by everybody, and he's probably beat close to <laughs> everybody. Everybody, yep yeah he and he studied probably every martial arts in the world and he's been chuck norris's business partner since i think 68 wow. even when joe lewis got out of the marine corps in 64 he used to run joe used to rent a room from bob you know i mean oh, no. they, they used to fight all the time i mean but he's a big time street fighter he's the real deal yeah that, you know? that's what
1: I, I always heard and i always uh, I, I, I followed, studied, and, and, and watched. And, and he was always that one, you know, the guy that was always losing the fights in the movies. But then I did my background. I'm like, man, this dude, he, he's that's a humble guy to be in the movies all the time and get either lose to Chuck Norris or lose to Bruce Lee. But knowing that, man, he could probably beat their asses off the set. Was, to me, that, that meant a lot because that just said a lot about his character. And, and oh, yeah. if you're you know, if you're partnered with him, you know, being humble – and you, I know you as a worn officer. I know you from the community, brother. I, I know you're a, you're a you're a badass too, but you're humble as well, and and so that that means a lot. I and mean, I think people should know that out there with, with just the names you mentioned. Man, damn, damn right. Yeah, get your book and and check. I but learn a lot from it, just humility, but also. How to kick somebody's ass would be humble about it. Is that is that? Can you do that? Can you, can, you just, well, can you kick their asses then help them up? Help them. Hey, you're good, but get out of here. Yeah. So I, so I have
3: to tell you that the book itself, uh, the title is A Mind for the Fight, you know, by James Smoky West. But uh, a little shameless plug there in. But but, but uh, it, it doesn't. No, go ahead. Teach, yeah, it doesn't teach you how to throw a kick or a pun- even a punch. Uh, but what I did. All the way back from the, the 1500s, back from the day of the samurai and stuff, They, you know Masashi's five rings. I mean, they they had developed these 20 technical fight principles. And then back in you know the mid 50s, 56, 57, Robert Trias, you know, big huge Tex-Mex, uh, big awesome karate guy. He founded the uh, United States Karate Association, and and he, he was a military guy and a street fighter as well. Another very humble guy, but you know, humble beginnings. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, they wrote uh, mainly Joe Lewis with Bruce Lee's input. Uh, They took the original fight principles and they had created back in the 60s these 23 technical fight principles. And within my book, they're still there, but they're bundled, they're rolled up in different ways. I rewrote the technical fight principles for the first time in in our history. And there are now 10 technical fight principles, which uh, Royce Bartlett says, wow, he, he's really blown away by the book. And he says, you know, like when you talk about all these ancient secrets and stuff, and the way he described it, he says, Well, Jim, you've taken the cookies from the top shelf and you put them down on the bottom shelf and made them easily digestible. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's really a great compliment, you know, because yeah. it's not just geared for the, you know, the, the world's greatest fighters or any kind of fighters. Geared for anyone, you know, any sort of person that has been a victim or would be or wants to learn, this, this book uh, dives into the mindset of how to develop that, it, the ability to deal with a violent situation, extreme violence, and sure. turn your defense into an offense literally in a second or two. And uh, the, the, the psychology is written into mm-hmm. the book as well. And my co-writer, Justin McCauley, his his uh, fiance Valerie, she does the psychological research for the University of Maryland, and she did a deep dive into it and said the book is 100% aligned with what, you know, the psychologists and psychiatrists are putting out today, you know, and it's uh, and, and a lot of it, uh, Chris, has to do with, uh, you know, from my own personal experiences and, and therapy oh, yeah. from uh, not just all the street fights and stuff, but from combat and, what you know, the uh, Sure. post-traumatic stress and all the therapy sessions, there, there's a lot of science behind that. Man. And if you have all the experiences of military, you know, traditional institutionalized karate, military, you know, street, real street fights. And if you have all of that stuff and you, you know, accepted uh, what's offered out there to to help you make, you know, the second half of your journey, which I have, I'll tell you, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to learn
1: well you never you never stop learning that's the it's always ever changing the evolution of of fighting the evolution yeah. of, of mindset i mean there's a common base that you have and i know that's in there because you've done it more than i have you've been through a lot more than i have that you and, and wisdom says a lot having street smarts or wisdom says a lot you have all that and, and it's, but you so and that's cool that you're keeping it simple for most people out there that they can take it from the from the beginning and know that mindset is the most important physicality you know you have to be physical you have to have some form of endurance you have to have some some training but it comes right down to mindset initially if you don't have that strong mindset doesn't matter how much of a badass you think you are if if you panic under pressure you're gonna lose nine times out of ten unless you get that lucky shot in and and that's where I ask because people can learn the hard skills it's that mindset and how to control that emotion that something that is harder to learn Unless you go into the community, or unless you are out there bouncing at the double deuce with Patrick Swayze every once in a while, I'm kidding. You. There's no such thing as Patrick Swayze <laughs> and double. I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying yeah. is, you're out there in the in the mix all the time, and you just you just develop it just because that's your job to do. Or like I said, SF or Rangers or SEAL stuff. You know, they put you through that duress to deal with your adrenaline because you can't. They don't want you to cave when it's time to it's time to, to get after it. So brother, I and that's why I, I that's why I admire and I tell people, read this book. Don't learn the hard skills, yes. But damn, get with somebody that has been there, done that, and has the mindset and has trained with the best, but then has also done the real world stuff out there. That's where you're gonna learn what the mindset really is. But then it's still again, it's always up to the person. Can they control themselves? Even though they have all these experiences, they can read about it. Can they control that adrenaline, that fire flight? And then the aftermath. You're right. The aftermath doesn't matter if if somebody's bleeding and you cause that person to bleed. Um, most people, that's going to bother them down the line. Most people. I'm not saying all people. I don't think I'm going to classify you there. <laughs> you know. uh, but but not, but the, the the standard layman person is going to bother them a little bit for the rest of their lives. And you know we get to the point too. And it, it let's talk about it. You take somebody's life. It's going to bother. It's it's going to be with you. Whether it bothers you or not, in some aspect's going to bother. But if you have to do that for your defense, well, it doesn't matter if you're in the right or wrong, it's still going to stay with you. But that mindset first is where that comes from, so it doesn't eat you up, and then you go down that rabbit hole and take your own life, you know, when when it, when you just can't deal with it anymore. So that's important, man. That's I I would always recommend, especially your something that you've wrote and wrote in. Written is wrote in a word? Did I say wrote? That word. It's Something a word that, now. And, and. <laughs> it's a word now. It's a word in Fort Benning, Georgia. Something that you've wrote if you've written it. Uh, but stuff that you that you've written, you've got the experience the mindset, read the mindset stuff first. And then learn the hard skills, man, because because uh, I said I, I I, just admire people that they that get that because that's how I learned. I learned the mindset first. What was I have to think? And that was the hardest thing. It still is the hardest thing to to take control of. So, um, yeah, I do. Shameless. You're not shameless plug. And I want people to read your book because that's something I read. That's something I'm going to read, too, when it, when it is. But it's not out yet. I haven't seen yeah, it's it. It's out. It's I've out. It's for out. It. Is it? Well, yes, we sir. we also don't all our Barnes and Nobles are closed here too, though.
0: No, it's well, <laughs> up on it's up on Amazon, and and I'll I'll plug it as well. Yeah, people can check it out. A mind for the fight, American extension fighting. It's you know self published by Jim. Uh but yeah, I don't I don't know if you want to get into what uh what Tonto was just saying, uh, Jim.
3: Chris brought up some really good points when he talked about mindset. You know, because you know we were all very physical people at one time, and yeah, I just like I said, I just turned sixty six, and hell, I've had. I know, which
1: by the way, it's so crazy, Jim. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, tell tell people about your injuries, but then the mindset, because I want people to know that. Man, you you've been you've been beat up sometimes of your own accord, too. And when I say beat yeah. up, I don't mean losing fights. I mean you just you're gonna get beat up if you win a fight too, you're gonna get beat up. It's just how it well, is
3: most of the time. I'm, yeah, several fights I've been in. i looked in the mirror the next morning and <laughs> it's like I actually won this fight. Holy crap. <laughs> but uh You know, the 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 part about the physicality, you know, because as you get older and maybe you've been wounded in combat or a car crash or like I just had shoulder surgery, you know, you have to know how to make what you have work. You know, so Ah,
1: good point.
3: That's really important. I mean, and I was going to read like uh, real quick. And my fourth principle, speaking about the 10 principles, uh, is stay calm and make critical decisions with your moment under stress with your movement under stress so you know it's like uh how you conduct yourself once a fight starts is key to your survival in many ways they're simply fundamentals for any fighter in training but they're also incredibly important to someone protecting themselves in the street and the critical elements are you know avoid tension stay relaxed you know so anyway the book itself it's it, it's really a lot deeper than that just just the the title you know for example you know, it's just. When I used to train with Joe Lewis, one, he, he said several things through our years. But one of the things that really stuck with me, you know, he was a former Marine as well, uh-huh. is that the most important thing that a fighter can do or if you're in a conflict is to be able to make critical decisions under fire.
2: Yeah. And,
3: you know, a part of that is knowing a lot and just using a little. Having, you know, and this book gives you a lot of mental ammunition that you can reach out to the stars and draw from when you're under stress, because if you study and read and maybe follow up with some personal training, if your mind can engage in anything other than that fight, and what you really should be thinking about is survival, then you just tend to react a lot faster. And it, it, in many cases, if you're being assaulted in the street or something, it, it creates fight confusion, because if you think about your opponent, he's able one thing in his mind, and that's That's to inflict maximum damage and extreme violence on you as a victim. And the moment he, you know, the first second, he realizes you're just not going to lay down and become a victim. It's going to change his mindset immediately to defense. He's instantaneously playing catch up. Right. So yeah, there's ammunition in this book and the psychological side of the house for people to study and go, wow, makes sense. You know?
1: And that that perfectly, some of y'all out there, you tactician guys. You're going to, you'll hear people say OODA loop well that's exactly what he's what 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 Jim's saying you're you're resetting that attacker's OODA loop you're putting him on his heels or the initiative you're taking that initiative away and you're resetting the mindset where he comes up to get you and maybe you pop him in the face like well, wait a second i wasn't planning on that and then he has to rethink he has to rethink the, he has to rethink and go through his process all over again where now you've got the initiative and you're you got him on his heels and you can you've got that space to and guys, it's okay sometimes to run if you <laughs> that you can either it, get well, exactly, away, yeah, or or you can pop them again and or do whatever you need to to stop the threat or it. I we use stop the threat. I say that with around law enforcement, but if you have to and you have to, don't go out to kill anybody, guys. But if you have to, you may have to. People have a hard time hearing that, I don't want to hear it's not a PC society. Well. You may have to kill a guy, if especially if he's trying to kill you or she's trying to kill you or something. But sometimes, in majority of time, the best thing to do is just get you create that space, get the hell away, get out of there, go. I'm out, I'm done, nice. leave me alone. And, and but you're you're right on. You, you, I mean, you're, and that's that is the simplest way to put it. And I, I love, I love hearing that. And again, a lot of the layman out there that not know what OODA loop is. are going to, to look it up. Well, you just said it right there and you you ranger proofed it. So <laughs> if I can understand <laughs> it, anybody yeah. can fucking understand it. So right. you know, well, well said. Well, and that's spot on. That is so spot on. And that's, that's why, you know, that's why guys like myself look up to you and what you did and what you're currently doing. That's where we're learning it from. And, and you're, you're right. And you're right. As you get older. I can't do the things I used to do, so whatever I can do, I'm going to be able to do it well. But then you're also also to hit it, learn everything, so you have all that experience to pull out of that kit bag when you have to have to use an habitual movement. And then just, but you may only use a few of those things in that kit bag, but you want to have that kit bag full so you have things to pull out. And, and that's all from learning, 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 and training. And and Jim is still able to do a hell of a lot.
0: I can tell you. I've seen seen Jim choke out guys who are younger than me, (laughs) uh, just you know, as a demonstration. Then I'll tell you guys a funny Jim story, kind of switching gears that you might be able to get into. Jim, I remember being in Vegas with you at that steakhouse uh, nine, and outside there, you ran into a guy that you trained with years back. And in the middle of the casino, Jim is demonstrating all these moves on this guy. And every few minutes, there's uh, there's security guards coming up to me. I'm like, break it up, right, guys, break it up. And Jim's like, no, 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 I'm just playing around. I'm demonstrating on this guy. Yeah. And, and you kept doing it. That was hilarious to see.
3: That was hilarious. Uh, that that was Marco Ciccioni. You know, he he uh he was a former pro boxer. Uh, he was also on the Italian national team, and he was uh, uh, then he moved to. He was from Palermo, Italy originally. They moved to Canada. And uh, he, he fought for Canada for a while. And wow. was, uh, Arturo Gatti's sparring part, And then uh, he came to me for training. And uh, a funny story is we went out and got in one of these barroom <laughs> brawls one night. And uh, some, some guy hit me in the face. He suckered me with a full bottle of beer, yeah. uh, leaving 26 stitches over my eyes. But I actually ended up getting the better of all that stuff. But uh, we went into the bathroom because uh, somebody said the cops are coming. Now I took the top off the toilet and rolled up some toilet paper. I'm stopping all the bleeding and stuff. And Marco's like, what the hell are you doing? I said, that's the same water in the toilet as you drink in your sink. <laughs> so <taking> <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh. So so then uh, my ex-wife, she's like, oh, you got to go to the doctor. I didn't want to go. I want to stitch myself up, which I was trying to do and I'd been drinking. So it wasn't working out really well. So I finally got tired of hearing all the noise. And so Marco and I went to the doctor and now, they were gonna take me in to get stitched up and uh, Max's wife says, well, I'll go in with him. I said, no, no, no. I said, Marco's coming in with me. So I'm <laughs> on the gurney and they're cleaning me up and they they take this needle from behind the eye and, and they stick it through and they flush out all that junk. I, yeah, I was using Vaseline and crap, you know. Yeah, so I had yeah. to clean it out. And then uh, they were gonna give me a lidocaine. I said, no, I believe in natural healing. I don't want any painkillers. And So, you know, your face bleeds like mad anyway. When you start adding, you know, water and stuff, and just, and Marco's standing, I'm like, what the hell do I got to be here for? I said, you want to fight it, right? And he goes, yeah, I said, we'll get used to it, and he's like, <laughs> he quit fighting, and went out, and started dealing, and working in restaurants in Vegas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious,
2: that
1: is hilarious, that's why you have, you said ex-wife, right? Ex-wife? Yes. Or wife, yeah, yeah. If Ex. you go and invite your friend into the emergency room without, yeah, that's probably not good for the relationship. Right well, look, you got, you
3: know, you, you got to have, you got to have your brothers in arms and brothers in fight. And martial arts There's a loyalty amongst, you know. I'm kind of old school, but I think, uh, you know, we all have our place and our friends and our sure. own sure. little worlds. That's why, you know, we can have this conversation here from, oh yeah, you know, far apart and and not, you know not ever sitting at the same table, just like brothers, because, you know, you've been through yeah. your, your own trials, you know, and you paid a lot of dues that, 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 you know, I have nothing but brutal respect for, you know, and then, and then oh, the fact thanks. that get back on your feet and do everything that you're doing to survive and not just survive, but thrive, you know, really get it going. And you know? I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be, you know, a part of this whole thing with Ian in the middle and says, it's awesome. You know?
1: Well, hey, you know, I appreciate that. You know, because I, 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 used to want. I never hit in the face with a beer bottle. So you still got me, man. You still got me. <laughs> Definitely, and, and that's and that's okay. I'll, I'll be happy to say that in my deathbed, going, "Yep, Jim, Jim still got more on me." Or because I've never, never been smacked in the face. And what was it, fifty-six or twenty-six stitches you had to get? What was it? I well, that was
3: 26 uh, that, that time. I've been, hit, <laughs> I've been hit with four beer bottles and one I'm didn't oh. break on the first strike. So and oh, I'll never that, be knocked hey, down. Hey,
1: now that one tell and I'll tell listeners out there, that one probably did that one hurt the worst? I would say the one that bounces, not the one that breaks, but the one that bounces probably hurt the worst. Or if you even felt it at the time. You probably were either We'll just say adrenaline up. We won't say anything else but that. We'll just say. I, yeah, biological. I didn't
3: feel it at all. I just got pissed off and I tucked my head because my buddy grabbed me and he thought he knows what happens when I get aggravated, and he shoved me into a bar and pinned my arms by my side. And I looked up and the jackass was swinging the beer bottle for a second time. So I tucked my head and I uh, picked it off on my uh, forehead and I never blinked. And I could watch the beer bottle bust, and it dro- the, 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 it was a coarse Light. I'll never forget, because I read the label as it dragged across my face, <laughs> and it kept it glass. So I got 26 over there, an additional 13 in my nose and face, you know? Oh, that, uh,
1: boy, I tell you what, that's, that's impressive, and that's a hell of a story. But that's, just, that's some toughness right there that I don't, can, can you learn, I don't know if you can learn that toughness. I think you either have it or you don't. But I don't know, yeah. brother. You're the pro. You're the subject matter expert on that. Because again, you, you I've never actually, been hit in the face with a beer bottle.
3: You actually can. It's kind of weird. I mean, I, you know, it sucks. At some point in time, you have to be engaged in a, some some rough and tumble sports: football, soccer, sure, you know, sure, sure. boxing, karate. But but you can teach that. I've I've learned through the years. Like if you think about a soccer player, you know, they're always bouncing that ball off their head. They're not bouncing the ball off the top soft spot in their head. They're bouncing off the crown bone with their the eyes open to yeah. the ball. And so little techniques like that with would, would minor pushing and shoving, you'd be amazed. I've taken people that knew nothing, never been in a fight, and literally within 10 minutes, they're they're throwing full shots. And, and I, I tell you, a lot of people are afraid to hurt other people. They'd rather be hurt. But, mm-hmm. uh, man, I mean, literally in 10 minutes, they're just rocking, you know, so. You can he, uh, you know
0: uh, I was gonna say, do you know on the podcast with Dale Comstock and, and Dale is truly a badass, and I'm sure you've heard him say it, but he said that you are the only man he has ever been afraid of in
3: his
1: entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he,
3: he said that. I remember hearing it too. Yeah. Uh, what did, Dale's a great guy? He just uh, he he's like a lot of guys. I'm I'm sort of a hard-headed guy and I know how to ride punches and take them. It's not just that I got a hard head. There's a lot of deception in how to ride a punch, you know. So people think they're hitting you when they're really not. And it will you. It's like a Venus flytrap. You know, I've done so much sparring and fighting in my life. I'm really comfortable riding punches. And uh, when I suck them into that next step, uh, piece of piece of that's called <laughs> footwork. But they walk into that right hand, which I learned to throw an overhand right from a guy named Billy Crane, who was a former special forces guy and a, and a very legitimate badass. And uh, his daddy was a sparring partner for Rocky Marciano. So basically, wow. when you get hit by my overhand right, you're getting hit by the same technique that Rocky used to throw.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll i I'll, I'll take your word for that one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, all right, unless, unless I have to, I'll I'll bet. Yeah, I'll take your word for for that. Or you can hit Ian. I'll watch it and see how he's <laughs> what he says. That's uh, fine with me. <laughs> I'm a man of peace.
0: Hey, Jim, you know, you know what I think would be uh, interesting is the guys that we've had on the show are typically I mean, Dale's a a little bit older, but typically guys in about Chris's age range of, you know, 40s, 50s. uh, And I know a lot of people in the audience are very very read read up on on the Green Berets and and what Special Forces does exactly. Um, I was wondering if maybe you wanted to get into what are some of the differences between Special Forces Group when you were in there and Special Forces Group of today?
3: Be great. Well, yep. you, you know, there was a transitional phase, but you know, everything's changed from uh, not just the politics of the game and political but political correctness and you know, budgetary needs and sure. criteria, but you know, at the end of the day, and I'll get into it, but at the end of the day, a person that graduates, you know, he's paid <laughs> pretty just, just by not quitting, you know, sticking with yeah. the program. But back, back in the old days, I mean, they, we didn't have hot and cold running water at any time of the year. We, we lived in these shanties that were no conditioned air, no doors. Uh, we had burn barrels out there like they had in Vietnam and Korea to take a crap in, you know. And so you know, it was, it was the environment was totally different. It was it was more old school, unconventional warfare. Uh, Colonel Mize was the camp commander when I was there, and uh, he was a, a Medal of Honor winner from the uh, Korean War, he actually killed 16 Koreans with an entrenching tool after they ran out of beans and bullets. Wow. And he's a little man, but uh, he, he's in a book called uh, uh, War Heroes, but oh my, so, you know, just, just a mentality, right? And then back in those days, they, there was no, not much consideration if you were struggling through the course and felt like you wanted to get set back and recycle. If you failed, you were done. You know, you had to yeah. go to wherever you go. So I think the motivation was extremely high. So a, a lot of times we just put up with a lot more injury, you know, like whether you know, blisters on your feet, your back giving out, you know, whatever, you, you know. And it, it, on the other hand, the, the newer guys, I mean, all those courses, Chris, are basically designed around the Rangers, you know, of getting... Yeah four hours of sleep a day and not always at one time. So, you know, to keep you under combat stress. But yeah. one of the biggest differences is is the the mindset that if, if I don't make it, I'll never get this chance again. So you, you just put up with a lot more and there was a lot more, you know, I don't know how it was, you know, how it is today, but you know, like when we went through survival portion, they starve you for three days, you're running on empty full time anyway. They take you out there and they kill a few rabbits and kill a few snakes, rattlesnakes, and you kill some chickens. They teach you how to calm everything down. But when we cut these goats' throats, you know, we have to stand there and uh, fill up our canteen cups and drink the blood out of the out of the out of the their neck as it's bleeding out. Right, so it's yeah. kind of that brotherhood, right? So it's yeah. a little different. <laughs> little, just
1: little, no, I, it, and I, I'll, I'll be the first to say this, and and I think even the ones, even the ones going through nowadays, there is truth to saying, I've been through the last hard class because yes, every class before mine, everything before mine was harder. It is, and that is due just to what you said. Not not because guys can't take it. It's because of political correctness. It's because of budgets. It's because of of honestly, it is because yeah the the, the motivation I, guys physically are still tough enough but i think the motivation isn't is gets doesn't get as strong as it did in the past because yeah you can recycle you can recycle five times and still finally get through i mean yeah, i've heard that it, you, you, oh no you, you can't you you can guys will there were guys and i'll give example during ranger school when i was going through yeah and i will tell you rip rip or rasp was harder than ranger school Rip was hard. Rip, even though it was shorter, getting to go to the seventy-fifth was a lot harder. And I equated to just thinking it this way. Rip is getting jacked in the face hard as somebody can from a foot away. Just bam, Ranger School is like a little punch, just a little tap, but it just happens for three months, so it's just freaking annoying. You just got to put up. <laughs> you just got to yeah. put up with it. Uh, but what I say is that guys at Florida phase, they'd want to get recycled because. You'd have to wait for the next class, which could be 30 days later. And when you're doing that, you're not under four hours less sleep a night. You could eat what you're – and guys would get there and get fat, and they'd want to stay. So when the next class came around, they would just roll right through that, through that cycle. If, they had, if we had – I, and I was very lucky to go straight through. Didn't have any injuries. I, I didn't recycle, which I didn't – no, I didn't want to recycle. I'm I, fuck, no, I'm getting yeah, through no this first to do that twice. This, this shit so, Yeah, this shit sucks. <laughs> but there are people that will stay. There are a guy, and I know some. I've seen they three times and it would they would purposely and this that was the word when I was going through if you're gonna recycle, don't recycle Benning, don't recycle desert, don't recycle mountains in Deloniga, recycle so you can hang out the gator bar on your time off, just do details around <laughs> the base and eat and eat pizza and ice cream until your next to your next phase came up. And so Bro, I I completely agree with that, and I will say it. I I will never disagree with somebody that went through something before me. I know it was harder before when I before I went through, and I'll tell you right now. Tell you guys are going through right now. My class was harder than yours, and it will always be that way because of. Political correctness because of we need bodies because we can't get the motivated. Pe- we're just not as motivated as a country as we were when you were when you were there. And bro, I don't know if you can say the same thing about the guys that were in Battle of the Bulge or World War One. But I would say that maybe even the cases was then that maybe even they were even a little tougher. Now, that's big said. You're a tough son of a bitch. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> but but that's what I'm just trying to get at is I yeah. will always be that way because our country just God dang. It's just I get a little bit softer, a little bit softer, I a mean, little bit softer. Yeah, my,
3: my daddy was in the Battle of the Bulge. And, Holy uh, shit. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Holy when he, when he, he used a bare knuckle box. And when he got out of the military, he was an union sheet metal worker and an iron worker for almost 50 years. He wow. and I I never knew he was in the Battle of the Bulge until he was uh, getting close to his deathbed. He had all this stuff hidden in his attic, you know. I was like, "Holy cow." Uh, wow. Well,
1: who he, yeah, with, If you're only asking who was he with? Which which unit? Was he 101st or was he I, I don't that's the only unit that I I really know I've read. No, he
3: it. was actually he strapped hang because he was uh, in the uh, army eight when the army it used to be army aviation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But uh, he was a uh, very hard man. His mother was originally from Italy, and uh, his dad was from Germany. So, and he was just like an iron man, you know, just solid. Did all the cooking, housekeeping, worked on cars, bowling, you know, just. But he could punch. He could punch the center of a wood door out with one punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> holy crap! And, and that's that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, you get the toughness. I'm sure. Good genes. That toughness gene does come through every once in a while. That's amazing. I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for, and that's why I joined the Rangers. I used to read about the Rangers, the hunter killer teams in Vietnam. That's what made me want to be a Ranger from, uh, I think it was, uh, Charlie Rangers is the book I used to read. And and I, I, I was like, man, and that was that was when I was in uh, junior high and high school. That's what made me push me to want to go to range battalions. Like these guys are badasses. Oh my lord! Two weeks out in the bush and dropped off, and you know, and, and then the you know it, similar to what the what the ODAs the SF teams were doing there in Vietnam as well. But I just. I don't know i just i I think it's just probably that was the first thing i picked up and when they were wearing the black berets and they started wearing them i'm like and that's that's badass and then i did my due diligence about colonel darby and how they used to vet with the british where they would throw live grenades at them and stuff and i'm like that's that's (laughs) where i want to go so 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 no it's it's amazing again i i I do i believe that and and, uh, i do believe that yes it was always harder you guys are you guys are tougher than us you you are Uh plain
3: simple yeah chris oddly enough when i went through basic training back in those days you know it, 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 they were they were throwing live grenades and uh, 50 cal machine oh. guns that's <laughs> you know, that's so that's, so,
1: that's <laughs> awesome they need to do that shit uh, what in the world they need to, ah live grenades hey, nothing gets your blood flowing like a live
2: grenade <laughs> so uh, yeah,
3: I, yeah I, that's a we had a guy commit suicide on a rifle range, and we, you know, oh. just uh, he's sitting in one of the foxholes, and boom, it sounded like a misfire. Brains came running down. I was 17 years old at the time. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, that was my first wake-up call. Hey, this shit's real, you know. That's oh, yeah. crazy. Did, man.
1: If we get into a little bit, we'll get that. Was there? Is it just one of those things? Did you see something going on with him? And I think this helps too. It might help somebody down the line. Did, were you friends with them? Was was there was there indications or was it just just the stress? Because it is the basic training. Even when I went through a ninety five, I could tell the difference when I got. I, and Jim, I don't know if people know that a lot of people do that. listen to the show, but you know, I I got an honorable discharge out, but I, I shouldn't have. But I got kicked out of the army the first time I was in. I had to do basic training again. I went through all that crap again, and I could tell with even in a four year span of. Of me going in 95 and 99, it was easier. And so was it just when he did it, was it just the stress? He just, just away from home? Or was there something, some other indicators that, and again, it just, I know it just happens sometimes in basic training.
3: It was probably a combination. And and plus it's like the DIs will single certain people out, you know what I mean? Oh (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back then you got to remember we didn't, they didn't, there was no such thing as a computer. We didn't have telephones. We couldn't call home. They just throw you on a bus. You wake up in the middle of January, Port Campbell, Kentucky, and ten degrees Ooh. outside in the middle of the night, being screamed and hollered at, and, yeah. and uh, all the DEIs were were wounded from either Vietnam, Korea, or even World War Two. Wow! And, uh, and, and physical hazing wasn't only legal; it was all, it was encouraged strongly encouraged back then. Oh. Oh, yeah. So you know it, it was just totally different. You know the stuff that uh, they what they didn't you know you didn't have these nice little rooms. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. They uh, yeah, they had I... really enough hot water for about the first maybe ten minutes, and they come kicking you out of your bunks. We lived in those thirty man bays. They yeah. had six toilets, six shower heads, and six sinks. And and the toilets they didn't have any divider walls, none of that shit. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, your assholes and elbows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're high-fiving each other,
1: taking a deuce, like, yeah, hey, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I, I, don't think that is unnecessary, to be honest with you. I, I, there, there was, there was physical hazing, not as bad as when you went. Obviously, I know there wasn't, but when I went through '95, there was, and then when I went back through again, and that's the beauty of it's a blessing. Now I can talk about it and see the difference, just even in a four-year period. Uh, going back again after in 99, why well, I had to do basic training and, and airborne and, and rip and go back to range battalion when I did say, I can't even tell the second time there wasn't, there wasn't. And even just when I say physical hazing, there wasn't even just the, the amount of PT hazing that we had to do was different in 99 than in 95. And it, what was shocking me than anything too, is when I through back again, everybody had a Ranger tab when I went through the first time. Everybody, everybody they didn't have to be a range of battalion, but I had a lot of former 75th guys and everybody had that tab or they were had a long tab. All the, all the, all the DIs did uh, or DS, drill sergeants, drill instructor, whatever you want to call them. Well, I went through the second time, I think we had one. And he was the senior drill instructor. He'd been from 3rd Range Battalion. Every other yep. d- drill instructor did not. And that being said, it's different than when you went through because you guys actually were getting guys from combat. At that time, when I was going through, it was pretty peacetime. So we didn't have former combat guys either. Nobody nobody had CIBs except for the Rangers that had gone through, whether been through uh, Somalia, Black Hawk Down. So, uh, so bro, yeah, it's, it's, it changed. Thanks. And uh, you're right. I, I, you could see the effect. You could, You can see. And I, I think it needs to harden up a little bit.
3: Um, yeah, Chris, I, I can still remember the name of my drill sergeant that were so hard on us, so impressionable back in the day.
1: <laughs> what, what were they? I still remember mine. What? What? Tell me your. What was your? Do you remember the 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 there, your three? I go ahead.
3: There were two for for me. There was a an, a guy named Inconiso. He he was like Foghorn Leghorn, and there was a broke <laughs> in, Oh, Inconiso was from somewhere up north, and you know I was uh, very southern at the time. He would make us low crawl across through the gravel in the middle of the winter to the to the mess hall and and with all your gear on and and he'd be hollering. I said, he, I, it sounds just like fog on I, I said, I said low crawl and he'd come over and kick you hard. <laughs> you you'd get your, goddamn, your damn head shot off if you high crawl and literally kicking you in the head and stuff, you know. So there ain't
1: nothing wrong with that. That's how you have to learn. <laughs> I,
3: re- I I remember mine mine was drill sergeant
1: harney charles and and graham and drill sergeant harney was this big black dude and he looked like the devil the dude was a demon and he actually turned it turned up getting to be first sergeant of the uh of the tomb of the unknown soldier that's where i mean that's how disciplined wow. this guy was straight very up serious. very but i at the end of i hated him i thought he was the devil at the beginning and he yeah, he would he, he just would crush us daily um but at the end of it i loved the guy Uh, he taught me more about anything you just 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 straight up discipline that i learned and then charles and and graham uh both ranger uh, ranger tab guys they were they were typical georgia southern the army and the infantry is their life and and bro they 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 beat the hell out of us too but i loved them at the end of it and i don't know if you felt the same but at the end of it i did have some respect for them and because i did have a lot of respect for them and but at the beginning yeah yeah, i i I feared them yeah They, they scared the shit out of me
3: yep well yeah, Chris, my upbringing, my upbringing was a little different because, you know, when I was in high school, both my brothers were in Vietnam and my cousins, you know, grew up next to them. They were all in Vietnam, all special ops guys. <clears throat> they had like three TV channels and my mom was sitting there drinking every night. You know, 58 guys were killed today. There's no way of knowing, you know, yeah. unless someone showed up at your house. Wow. And so, you know, it was and I was fighting a lot as a kid. I mean, I was always in trouble, always fighting. I, I, I turned seventeen, dropped out of school. I'm like, you know what? I just want to. I don't want. I, I literally told my mom. I said, I you know, I don't want to be sitting at a bar when I'm old enough to drink with my brothers and not have a war story. Do you mind if I just to get my G&E and join the fucking army? Excuse me, <laughs> <language, but> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey,
0: Jim. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to ask you something that kind of goes That's back awful. to something. Uh, yeah, I want to ask you something that goes back to something you said just a few minutes ago. You were saying how your father didn't tell you all these stories un- until he was about to pass away. I know for you, because I've known you for a while, there was a pretty long period of time where, as you say, you were like in your man cave, didn't really come out, didn't talk to people. Uh, Jack Murphy is actually one of the guys that kind of encouraged you to come out, tell your story. So what was that like? I mean, you had quite a few years there where you just you you didn't want to talk about your service and you didn't want to talk to people in general and and people at that time who knew you even described you as this angry guy, which is so funny to me because I know you and I think people listening to this, hear it. I know you as an extremely friendly guy.
3: Well, there, there are a lot of things that happen. I mean, as you as you transition through the ranks and for me. And and Chris, you'll understand this, I'm sure. But but for me, back in the day, it was I didn't ask a question. You know, we we came in. Yours is not to question why. Yours is but to do or die. Yeah. And I, you know, that black and white, all or none mentality. I just it's all I had yeah. and all I yeah. knew. And uh, you know, even even when I retired, I just moved on to the next thing, which was training fighters. And then I got I did a little bit of contract work and. And I was doing so well with the fighters, I got these billionaire group of guys that kind of where I am today, but they got me uh, involved with a gym setup and uh, embezzled all my money within a year. i see how they got rich. Uh, and then, so I, I had a, a former student whose dad was a former Navy SEAL, and he's, hey, you want to get into construction? I said, sure. You want to make a thousand bucks a week? I said, man, I got I to gotta pay the bills, whatever. So that was uh, 23 years ago. And I was angry and still fighting and drinking, and back you know, even then, and I was never really wanted to talk about that stuff, but because unless I was around somebody that had real experience, you know, immediately who does and who doesn't, you know, yeah. So, I, uh, so I, uh, you know, and and then 17 years ago, this April, in fact, my birthday is April the 8th, my oldest son got brutally murdered in Pittsburgh, and uh. That was a, uh, it, it, you know, sent me into a really dark spot, you know, and it probably took four or five years for me to wake up one day and go, you know, I need, I need, some, I need to change a few things. I need help. Cause your first thought is just, you know, blow your brains out, you know, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, that's another story, but, uh, you know, I made it through that and I decided to get a look, you know, go to the VA one day and I showed up at the VA and I said, Hey, look, why are you here? I said, I think I might might have some ptsd and uh so why do you feel that way i said well these are my exact words I said, "Well, because i'm functionally fucked up said, what do you mean as well? <laughs> well, that, said, that's,
1: no no that's spot on i no, keep going I, i've been yeah uh, I, 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 you're, I, yep, i've been there so, too I,
3: yeah i get up every day i go to work i'm good at what i do and i get home and uh you know and i close the door and the curtains and that's pretty much the end of it, you know, except for what's floating around in my head. And as I started going around through the VA and therapy and the <clears throat> cognitive processing therapy, and at one point in time it dawned on me that, uh, you know, one of the biggest things about being a combat veteran and everything is, it, you know, with PTSD is, and there's different types of PTSD, but if you've been in real combat, most likely you're a victim of uh, collateral damage, women yeah. and children, you know? and and you don't think about those things. I, I'm, I, you know, I've am i been a witness to some of that stuff in my military days. And then when my son got killed, I immediately felt like for some reason I was being punished for everything that I've done in my life, everything I should yeah. be proud of and respectful of. So I really went into a dark place and didn't want to talk about anything because I just felt guilty and shameful, which, which, you know, that's turned around with the help of Ian, guys like you, Chris, putting your story out there, you know, Jack Murphy pulling me out of my cage. I mean, just writing books and stuff is therapeutic to me, and, and now I, I, I'm starting to trust people just like you two guys, you know, it's, I feel comfortable, and truthfully, my livelihood's tied to it as well, so, you know, I'm all in, uh, you know, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I would save my own life for somebody else's at just about any expense if I if I had to. But other than that, I, 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 I know enough to kind talk my way in and around and out of things, and you know, so it's easier to focus on trying to do the right thing and be the right kind of person, you know. And we do have kids and people that look up to us, you know, so we yeah. have to be, become a role model after after a while, you know, if you live long enough, I guess.
2: Yeah,
1: no, you're 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 right, Brown. I, I Jim, I, I know what you're saying, I, not to the extent of uh, of losing my son, I, and I can't even imagine. I've got a 15 year old and a four year old two sons and and you and you're right after all you've been through and i'm thinking about that now if that happens and god forbid and i, I don't plan on it happening with my boys but i'd be the same way like what the hell why i, I sacrificed volunteered, i did everything i thought i should do and then this is going to happen to me and you do you want to it's part of my friends, but you you want to say fuck the world and and and, yeah. and uh you to come out of that is is amazing is amazing because that would be tough for any guy that's been through everything that you did, gave up everything that you did, served your country, you know, and and you served it during a time where where you guys, you yeah, had politicians shit on you. Um, I, I get that a little bit. I understand that a bit where politicians shit on you after you serve and you <laughs> come home yeah, yeah, And yeah, they, I get that I do, not to the extent you guys do, but I I I feel like I understand that because I felt I, I still feel the same and how that can anger you. And then, yeah, you, then you, then getting your shit back together, starting to trust people again, which I still have a hard time trusting people. And I, but I've three times I've, I've, I'm luckily I'm not good at it. I've I've been down the road where I've done the crying game in the shower with the Glock in my mouth going, I don't want to do this anymore. When I was estranged from my family, when me and my wife had divorced, we reconciled, but I was going down a bad road. But to have that happen too, said, like I said, I've never been hit in the head with a beer bottle. I haven't been and felt that traumatic experience of losing uh, my son, which uh, I can't even imagine that. And you just still get back up on your horse again. That's that's toughness, man. That and that's yeah. I think people again they need to hear that. They need to see that. So when they're afraid that they're going to run out of toilet paper, maybe they take a take a second and say, <laughs> "Wait a second, it's not as bad as I think it is. It's not as bad it as worked. it could be. We we can get through this."
3: Yeah, you know, there was a time shortly after his death that you know I just literally pulled into my driveway and pulled up my 357 and stuck it in my mouth on and I yeah. swear to God it, it's like my my son I could hear his voice like what the hell are you doing you know yeah yeah you're better than that and, I'm, and it was sort of a wake-up call you know and then I realized I had another another son uh, you know so you got to be yeah. there you know you got to be present you got to be there right? no matter what you know pay your dues along the way
0: well, uh, yeah. and, and I've met I've met your other son Richard, and he's a great guy. And it's funny because I would never think he was your son meeting him just off the street. He's he's a lot more of just like a, it doesn't have the same intensity as you. Um, and yeah. then also, I mean, people don't know Jim. You're originally from Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Jim, for those who don't know, obviously you hear the Southern accent, but Jim has lived in the New York metro area for quite a while now. So, you know, your son sounds more like a, a New Yorker. He doesn't sound <laughs> anything like you. So, yeah, if I just met Richard off the street, I would never think he was your son. He was, And he was a great guy meeting him.
3: Yeah, plus, plus he's got, you know, his mom's half Japanese, so he's got the black hair and all that. So, you know, he's got, <laughs> you, you know. And, and the funny thing about it is I've spent my entire life with him and with my other son, trying to train them not to be like me. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you,
1: be better, be better than me, son. Be better. Than me. Don't do the stuff I uh, don't do uh, it. Don't do. I, I learned the hard way that that damn thing. If you could figure that out, could you tell me? Because whenever I just got to stop saying it to my son, because whenever I say it, he's like me, and he just does exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. So every time I tell him not to be like me, he is more like me so i maybe i that's i just figured it out i just gotta tell him to be exactly like me and he'll do the opposite because well, he, he won't listen to me
3: when he gets his heart broken once or twice and yeah he, he, and he finds out that the only person that really understands his path uh, he'll start listening so he probably got another five or six years before he starts dialing into you a little bit <laughs>
1: Isn't that right? He's got to get his heart broken a couple of times. Yeah, you hit that one on the head too. Finally, finally figure it out. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And I I want to know with coming up in the book. I know we we talked a little bit about your past now and and the mental toughness. And we did we did hit it on a little bit. But once this opens up, where where can we find? If you're going to do a book signing tour how can we figure that one out? Where are you going to be at when, when the Liberty Bibbity virus and all the hysteria ends up and we're, we're out out of lockdown. Um, yeah. How can people figure out what you, cause are you going to do like a big, a big tour book signing tour or demonstrations and then a, yeah. uh, put a book signing with it? Or are you going to do some speaking stuff and put the book signing with it? How can people, people find you? Cause I think people need to just meet you and shake your hand. I think they get a lot out of that. Just that right there.
3: Well, I intend on doing all that. Um, plans not obviously cast in concrete yet sure um they can go to my you know usually i'm starting to i I didn't do a lot of activity on my facebook but uh i'm doing a lot more now and uh i just got involved with some people and like uh i think it would push back to july down at the policeman's hall of fame down there yeah yeah i'm supposed to be uh there's they've got a date scheduled sometime in july hopefully with six hundred law enforcement officers. I'm supposed to be doing a seminar and training with them. Wow. Uh they want me to come out to Kansas and uh do some stuff. Actually from all a bunch of sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth degree black belts, they've asked me to come out, these legends do awesome a seminar God. for them, which is wow. Kind of stunning. Um uh, <clears throat> but uh, you just yeah. have to
1: watch your mouth a little bit just watch you watch your p no nah, bgm don't be anything just
3: bgm <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you read this book you'll find out it's 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 so many levels to it that i spent a lot of time with my co-writer a lot every word is chosen you know for a reason and no part of it is designed to say my karate or my stuff is better than yours it is to show that you know that there's an evolution in what we do but it's also pays respect for what other people have already always been doing so
0: sure i'm su- i'm surprised you have a different co-writer for this book cuz i'll i'll uh throw this out there jim's uh jim's book previously to this he was telling me about the co-writer for this book and i was like all right you were like could the co-writer come in your co-author on your uh on your last book she was uh she was pretty hot not gonna lie she was was a cool (laughs) chick and and it was cool meeting her she had like a a fun personality and everything but i was like i was like is jim hitting this is this why this is his (laughs) co-author
3: oddly enough fighting at this level that listen i've had guys i mean i can you know roger dabney he's a 10th degree he's in the karate hall of fame he, i've known him since he was 16 he's fought for world titles dale they've they've tried to second guess me get in front of what i'm thinking uh work with me one-on-one for hours at a time trying to figure out what's in my head and how i make it work and the truth is justin mccauley he's my co-writer he, he's a yeah when you get the book there's a picture of me standing with a young guy about six seven eight years old that's justin he's 34 now six two and he's never given up on uh martial arts since the the day he walked into my my club and he, he walked in there because uh, his dad uh, robin mccauley worked with was on dale's team in delta so you know he brought him in there and and he's been a forever student but he's also you know spent a lot of time with you know tier one bjj guys you know, Brazilian sure. jiu-jitsu and uh-huh. uh, boxing and kickboxing. And he's analytical. He's like, I say, he's got a degree in journalism, speaks about a part of three languages. Uh, and i tell you, he reconnected with me on LinkedIn last year. And he said that if I continue to train him, he would help me with my book. And it was like uh, him having to do a thesis for a doctorate to, to go through the bumps and the bruises and the mind meld and, 500 pages of documents that i've had from all the way back in the 70s and videotapes and to to be able to take what's in my head and and fashion it in a way that is so organized it makes this book i mean i owe him a lot of credit for the way the book reads i mean it's 100 percent my material and what's in my head but uh he he really strung it together where it's their their guys told me it could easily be a bestseller so you know we'll know later but uh yeah and he's a fighter and he's he's been an, and yeah he's learned everything that we talk about he actually gets to experience firsthand <laughs> oh
1: that's, that's awesome man that, that is that is I, that's amazing and it, it, we got to have you on again your story it, and people just they need to see it they need to see they need to see it they need to they need experience and hear you talk and hear your experience hear your just everything that you you've gone through you've gone through a hell of a lot more than I have and i still learn a lot from you and and it's and just having this conversation with you i've pulled a lot out of today as well just personally myself and it says a lot
3: yeah if it wasn't you i wouldn't be talking about so much of this stuff but you've uh we're brothers you know in a lot of a lot of ways that uh many many well, I, people don't know
1: i i agree i agree and i, I well, you, you're the forefather man you you can like i told dale man uh, he's the forefather he came he came before for me and, and guys like myself even on a rooftop where I don't think anybody's coming and I, I thought of guys like yourself I'm like Jesus Christ I I got a couple more hours of this these guys were left to die for weeks on end why am I bitching for I got a lawn chair I got enough bullets I got a Snickers bar I'm good to go I, and that's that's how I thought I mean that's how I thought of it cuz like, hey, you just I, got to I, use your training
3: to- knowing you Yeah you're- <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, definitely would love to do this yeah. again, Jim. Next time in studio, since you know, you're know oh. you right here in the area when the studio opens again, uh, AmericanExtensionFighting.com. The book is A Mind for the Fight, American Extension Fighting. And I should throw out there, at AmericanExtensionFighting.com, you could also buy several fixed blade weapons that Jim designed himself. These are like years in the making, I personally know, because... For years, Jim was demonstrating on me with, like, the prototypes. And I, I should throw out there, too. You got to see Jim just, like, with a weapon, the way he's yeah. able to maneuver things. It's some yeah, of the coolest yeah. stuff I've ever seen. So you've got the Badger and the Talon for sale, right? And those are awesome, man. I've seen you use them in person.
3: I got to thank you for that. Hey, I want to I wanna tag on to something Chris was just saying about, you, you know, being in the moment. Uh, you know, forget about winning. And I've always said people always ask me, you know, like if I want to train somebody, what kind of person do I want to train? And I can't really tell you what kind of person. I said, but psychologically, I'd rather. I would what happened?
0: Rather, are you still on speakerphone
3: there with someone, Jim? Well, they're on, they're on mute. But I, oh, okay, I'd rather. Okay. But I would rather uh, train somebody that's afraid to lose than somebody that's all he wants to do is win.
1: You, you, and and I, I agree. You 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 fight, and you have that. And people get that confused. Like, what do you mean? You're not positive? You don't think you're going? No, I ain't it at all. I'm thinking I'm going to. You know, I'm I, I'm fighting. I'm fighting in the moment. I'm I'm fighting to power through. And but I'm not expecting when the outcome is going to be. I'll try to dictate the fight a little bit. But I'm not saying oh, well, this is going to end now. I wish I could do that. I'm not that good. I'm not Chuck Norris. I'm not Bruce Lee. I, I I'm not. I, I'm not Jim West. I can't do that. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna fight my ass off. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lose. I, I think one of the things I've always was during one firefighter. I wasn't worried that uh, I was like okay, I'm not. These guys are not gonna come over this this wall and cut my head off. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna be on Al Jazeera with the camera in my face, uh, with the camera in my face watching my head get cut off. And I think no. that lines line or what you were saying is that I, I, I there's that wasn't gonna happen. And that was thing is I'm not going to lose. We're not going to lose this fight. We're not going to lose. Right, we're going to keep fighting. Even if it's five days from now, this fight ends. We're not going to lose. And you're right. That's exactly that's exactly how how I think people I, I that's how exactly I feel people should be when they're fighting. We're saying yeah. I'm going to Muhammad Ali knock this guy out in the third round. Well, I wish I was that good. But then what if it doesn't happen? Well, guess where yeah. your morale goes, guess where your your motivation goes. So, I am with you Jim. again, that's why Yeah. Uh, the mindset's the same cuz we learn from guys like yourself. And the I, I know just you I know you got
0: to wrap up, Jim, so I'm just going to throw out once again americanextensionfighting.com and uh yeah, man, I know you got a call coming in, but I, I really hey. really appreciate you coming on, man.
3: All right, brother. it was a pleasure and an honor to to have this uh, time with both of you guys. Chris, I appreciate you being here with us man thank you much
1: brother brother it's honor honors mine believe me you know, i i am humbled to be talking to you so thanks man god bless you jim you you, you go keep kicking ass and i'll i'll push you and push your stuff out as much as you need to just let me know uh what i need to push out when you have stuff going on so people know
3: where to meet you at oh let's do it we yeah we we there's some things we can do i'll uh i'll, I'll, I'll contact you later okay not, you got it we and we'll uh when, feel no. free to call me at any time
1: you got it, brother. Nice. Take care of yourself. Thanks, be safe, Jim. All
3: right, brother. Take care, Chris. You too. Bye, Bye Ian. Thank you for you Bye, man. For, for the
0: listeners, um, I know we could have gone longer. I just know Jim had an important phone call that he had on speaker because, you know, Jim also does construction stuff, as he mentioned. So I, I wanted him to be able to get to that because at some point he's going to have to pick up that call. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, no, definitely no. Do a, we'll definitely do a part two. And I think... Uh, considering you guys have never met maybe if you know you're back in new york city uh, all of us in studio would be awesome well, I, I think no, would and we'll, we'll,
1: oh yeah if we will as soon as as soon as new york opens up we will do that book signing we'll do eventually we'll get it done but yeah i it, it will we'll, let's wait till all the silly the, the silliness but then also the i it is serious and silliness at the same time sure. I, I do believe that let's I agree. wait till all I that so it can be fun yeah yeah so if it's not till january well New York's fun no matter what. It, what it, for me, New York's fun for two days. I always love New York for two <laughs> days. And then, like, nope, I'm out. I, I can't be here. Anywhere. But two days, yeah. the food, the people. And, you know, it is. If, if you haven't been, and, and you live on Long Island, beautiful area out there. It said, I've never been to that boardwalk. I may have and not even have realized it. But I believe the boardwalk, but Long Island's gorgeous. But even just Manhattan, just if you haven't been to Manhattan, you got to go at least for a day or two just, just to walk around. They don't have to even do anything. Walk around, go to a bodega, buy a pack of gum just to say you were in a bodega. and you can say, yeah, I know what a bodega is. and, and then <laughs> grab a piece of pizza and 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 walk around. it, it It's awesome. So yeah, I, I always I, I always like to come in at least least in uh, at least for uh, a couple of days when I'm in. Yeah, we'll do it then, brother. definitely. Yeah, it's we'll do it great. at some
0: point. i I, I knew that was going to be a great interview, and you and I always seem to say when we um get off the air, that our favorite interviews are the guys who aren't afraid of being vulnerable and opening up. And Jim is completely that guy. I think it's so funny because as opposed to the Jim who uh, hid himself in his basement, as he said, Jim is the most open book. He's not ashamed to tell you anything about his life. And he's very proud of his life as he should be.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely should be. People learn about it, learn from him, learn from the mistake, the, the mistakes that he made and his successes, which you learn from mistakes, like all of us do. I, 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 the ones that can do that, like himself, um, those to me are the, are the badasses. Those are the guys I – I don't give a fuck if he's 60. I ain't messing with that dude because 66. he knows how to be humble. <laughs> 66. So he's humble. Humble, but he's confident. That's the two things you need, humble and confident. That, the, from the great philosopher Patrick Swayze who said <laughs> be nice until it's time to not be nice. That's what that means, be humble but be confident you don't go looking for fights but if one approaches you and that fight happens and you can't you can't get out of it you can't talk your way out of it you can't remove yourself from it well all right switches on motherfucker you didn't <laughs> want this but guess what and that's that's exactly what the switch is on saying motherfucker means too it's like hey
2: exactly leave me alone
1: leave me alone i am i'll be nice as hell to you what do you need okay do you really want to go there Switches on. I'm ending this quickly because I don't want to fight. Fight hurts. I don't want to die. I, yeah, if, and, but and if somebody's uh, going to, it's just going to be you. Yeah, the gym from the
0: 80s and 90s was a guy who was getting into bar fights constantly. And as I said, I don't know that guy, um, but I did get a glimpse of the switch coming on at Shot Show, actually, at the Ranger Up Party. Some guy bumped in the gym, and Jim was about to get into it with this guy. And the, And the funny thing was, uh, Ron Bellin, uh, rest in peace, uh, former Navy SEAL. He was there as well. And, uh, I remember Jim recalling the story, Ron Bellin was huge and he was telling the story and he's like, Ron Bellin is next to me. Who's the size of this fucking closet and he's in front of like <laughs> this big closet we were at with, uh, with a huge, like, you know, big screen TV. And and luckily I don't think it went any further, but yeah, I think, you know, Jim is not a guy you want to mess with. And at the same time, couldn't be a friendlier guy. Um, and I don't know the guy who is this angry guy looking to start fights. That's just not the man that I know.
1: And, and that I don't blame him for that either. Coming back and going through what he went through, it makes you angry. It makes you antisocial. I, I, I've been where I've been antisocial and angry the whole time. And, and the best thing you can do at that point, if you it, it, so you don't get in those situations is, is you remove yourself from it, which is most likely I'm not going to speak for him. For my case, when I used to remove myself from it, when I've come home and I would just stay in my house because I didn't want to go out. I didn't like anybody. I I, then I have to put on this this pretty face, this smiley face that everything's okay. That's what sucks about being the public figure thing is that I have to go out and pretend like everything's fine when it when inside I was like, God, I hate everything. I hate everything. I just want to I just want to punch everything. And he literally actually did that, where I just yeah. – I became a recluse, even though, and I always said I'm the most antisocial, social person out there. It's the truth. Because when I was I, home, I think, no. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to
0: say, I think he did a little of both. Because I think as he got into yeah. after his son uh, was oh, killed, yeah. I think that's yeah. when I don't think he was fighting people. I think he was just in his basement or wherever, uh, you know, not doing a whole lot of anything. And And that's actually the guy that. Jack Murphy met and and he'll tell you that just as he said, Jack kind of let him out of his shell, just connecting with guys in the community. And uh, I've seen it myself that that guys in the community can't relate to, they can't relate to me the way they could relate to other guys in the community. It's, it's fair to say, I haven't seen what you guys have seen. So sometimes they need other guys, even if it's from a different generation to say, Hey, uh, you know, let's, let's go do something. Let's go for lunch. Let's go for dinner. Uh, Let's talk uh, about experiences we had. And I think it gets people out of their shells a little bit.
1: Uh, And that's, you're you're right, Jack did a great thing. Jack and Jack being a ranger from Third Vet, he understands that. And um, any of y'all out there that have been in OEF, Operation Enduring Freedom, or Operation Iraqi Freedom, if you can't learn from a Vietnam vet, if you can't sit down and and listen to them, you've got issues. Because those guys, we we went through some, they went through a hell of a lot more, than we did. And politics really, I mean, we have politics now. That was, that was awful. So man, I would recommend any, any guy coming back from, from the theater now or in the last 10 years or since 2001. Um, yeah. Sit down with a Vietnam vet. And it really puts things in perspective. Um, for those y'all know, I, don't know I wrote about in the book. I, I, I mandatory, I, I, not mandatory. Um, I, my, what's the word I'm looking for when I do it myself I I, I volunteered i actually oh yeah in, voluntarily yeah when I actually no, not volunteered and did but I voluntarily put myself in the VA health health award uh, uh, for two days when I was going through issues like that time when I was extremely at the social from my wife and you you sit down and there's still Vietnam guys that are in there or that come and meet or that come in and, and stay in there for three or four days and again you talk to those guys you're like god I really don't have it that bad Uh, These guys went through hell and they're still dealing with it. How many years after? And it does, it it puts things in perspective. And then they also, it helps them because they have somebody to talk to just to get it out because it's been building up for years and they've been internalizing it, which is why Jack was probably important with Jim. Again, I don't want to speak for both of them, but from experience, I'm sure that's what helped Jim be okay and come out of, you know, come out of that darkness is that all that internal stuff to include his son passing away being able just to sit down and talk about it. So that's why I always preach to guys, go find somebody to talk to. Don't be so proud that you can, I can handle this. I'm a big alpha male. I can tough it out. No, you can't. No. Yeah. And, talk
0: and sometimes, somebody. Sometimes I think it's that service member to service member connection. Yeah. I know people yeah. will say, go seek a professional, but I've seen just from, you know, talking to guys that I've known in the community, sometimes it's actually not the best for them because th- their attitude, understandably so, is this person has no idea what the hell I'm going through. You know, they're usually um, talking to someone who's depressed for you know, other reasons, but they don't know someone who's had to kill yeah. someone in combat, and and if you haven't had to kill someone in combat, then how do you relate to someone who has?
1: It's that's a good point. And that's why you just you do have to pick your pick your people wisely. You know, pick somebody within within your circle. If you don't have a circle, fine. I'm sure you have a fellow veteran you served with that you can contact and do that. And and, and that that's honestly that's probably the best way to start. And if that doesn't help, well, then you can move on to a healthcare professional, somebody who's trained in this, if that's what you feel like you need to do. But, yeah, Ian, you're right. 90% of the guys talk to their buddies and just talk to a buddy or talk to another veteran. Go down to the VFW. There's plenty of guys there. How many guys I've talked to at a VFW when I've done and just come into a VFW to have a drink. Uh, you know, Been perfect right there. And it's it's you feel you feel safe because – you're in a confines of veterans, and you're in a building. There's no outsiders. That's always enough, too, is, 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 is find your local VFW, go in there, and, and have a conversation. And there's plenty of guys in there that want to talk to you and listen. And it's, it does. it. You, you walk into a VFW, honestly, when I do, it's like, ah, I'm with all my old buddies. And it may be some, a VFW in Texas that I don't know anybody in there. But it's like, eh, no, I feel good. I'm comfortable. I can say what I want. I can talk out loud. I can be obnoxious if I want, because there's a bunch of other obnoxious <laughs> ventures in here. And it feel, you, you feel good and you do. So I I, I agree with you. I, I totally second that that point too. And I'm glad you made that clarification because that you're you're right. You're you're spot on.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, b- before we say anything wrapping up, I did want to mention, because we haven't said it yet on the show, we have shirts available finally. I'm <gasps> yeah. getting mine in the mail. They look awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, you know, but I have shirts from them and I know that it's, it's great quality. So Tonto dash apparel.myshopify.com and in the, in the uh, link on here of the podcast, I'll embed it so that you guys could buy a shirt from us. Uh, They're designed by Aaron Lauder, who's, who does a great job. Very simple design, which is what I wanted um, of the logo, American flag on the sleeve straight to the point. And I think you guys will dig it. So Tonto dash apparel dot dot com, or just look on the episode here and I'll throw in the link. Um, before I, I end with uh, Battleline Tactical, who's been uh, proudly sponsoring us every show. Uh, I guess the other thing I should throw out there, I didn't say it yet, is, is we are going to do two shows a week for the uh, indefinite future. I can tell you New York is not getting uh, back to normal for a while. and And when we do... You know my stuff of of you know training people at the gym that's not going to happen right away. I'm just being realistic here. They're going to start yeah. to open up restaurants and things like that, but the close quarter contact stuff it's going to be a while later, and even that's going to be weird to sort out. I, I talked to the guy who manages the gym I was working at, and they're they're probably going to limit the amount of people who are allowed in the gym, which is just so weird to me, and probably limit the amount of time you spend there, which is also weird to me because. You know, regardless of that saying of like, oh, I'm here to train. I'm not here to socialize. I've realized I, I am there to train, <laughs> but I'm also there to socialize. But there because th- yeah. <laughs> there's a ton of guys that I loved seeing there. Um, I have no problem saying this. There was a guy who was at my gym um, that I worked at. Super nice guy, could bench press like a house. And he was a special needs guy. and And he would run up and hug people that he saw there and was like the nicest guy in the world. And I miss bro-hugging with that guy. I miss uh, seeing him there and enjoying his day. He would spend like six hours at the gym, and I think maybe 45 minutes of that was training, and the rest was walking around, saying hi to people, and I do do miss that, I got to say. So it's going to be a weird adjustment, and until then, I'm loving doing this podcast. There's so many guest suggestions, as you know. And when we're doing the show once a week, we can't get to them all. So now that we're doing the show twice a week, um, in May, we'll be able to get to a lot more people that we want to get on.
1: Uh, you're 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 right, bro. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. we for me, we'll we'll try to do it through May, maybe even June. Honestly, bro, I'm getting back after it speaking uh, in August, so um, I've I've got some this all the ones that I had in May have been rescheduled, and actually, I'll have a new one coming up too. But I'll be back at it, getting out doing some speaking events um, starting August, September, and again, it's it's it just depends on the state where, but but uh, so we'll we'll do it. I we'll do it uh, the two week whether Chris will be on the show, Tom will be on the show every time after July. <laughs> I like he
0: did
2: third I, person
1: there. Yeah, you have to after the after the? Well, at least I didn't say the Tonto, so I'm not that pretentious. <laughs> only a little, but after um. Yeah, you know, but we will we'll be doing a couple couple a week and uh and hopefully you know, hopefully people are listening out there and getting something out of it. And, and for those of y'all that are new listeners, as you can tell, we, we try just to learn and hear stories and pick brains of people and get their get their stories of how to overcome. And yeah, we'll, 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 we'll touch on the news a little bit, but you can listen to somebody else if you want to hear about, hear about the, mm-hmm. the misrepresentation of the media. So, um, well, they'll listen yeah. to us about that. They, they, yeah,
0: yeah, we're <laughs> trying to <laughs> do media, something so. different and, and of the people, I mean, there's so many people we're trying to have on, I know from like your end, Ben Morgan and, uh, Benny Glossop and Hank strange. And then there's a few guys in the rock community who want to come on like Dave Silvera from originally from corn and Jimmy Allen from puddle of mud. And then there's like the bigger guys who would like to get on like David Goggins or uh, a guy like uh, uh, Ted Nugent, I would love to have on here. So, you know, we'll start reaching out to all of those people and uh, you know, Debbie Rashawn, who did the voiceover, she's going to redo that voiceover for the two a week. And I said to Debbie, we'd love to have you on talking about your movie career uh, you know, and radio career. So there's, there's a lot of great people we have in mind. And then probably a few, uh, solo shows of just us shooting the shit. And, and I know you guys like that answering your emails, uh, yeah. sent to battle on podcast at com. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing these. I'm enjoying the response that we're getting. So uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I, yeah,
1: I enjoy I, doing I, this I, one too. Uh, I, I we're, we're we're getting to be known internationally. Um, I, I I just you know, I did a podcast for uh, for this week for uh, uh, James. Um, uh, Why am I forgetting his name? I have it right here, James. I'm sorry, <laughs> brothers. Gosh dang it, uh, James Reese, um, who does actually does podcasts for MMA. He does MMA podcasts. It's like I'm ah, gonna try to change it up. We going to be my first. I was like, well, yeah. How do you know? I'll, how do you know who I'm? He goes, well, 13 hours, Tono. We watch it over here too. And he goes, like, oh, okay. But that is what's cool, and and also that they knew about the podcast, Battleline podcast. To me, that's right. still humbling. The state side is outstanding, but and you, you know you you know you tell me we have people in New Zealand, Australia, and so forth getting outside the borders and having people listen to us outside of the U.S. To me, that that's even more humbling. And, and doing the interview with him. I, I It's just amazing. I, I I still can't. I'm still can't believe that 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 people are paying attention even after this long, or want to talk to my talk to me, or want to talk about the podcast. So we're getting people listening outside of the U.S., which also means a lot to me as well. I know it does to you too, Ian. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- as far as that, goes, really does. I'm, just, I'm just happy. Thank you. And um, nah, brother. That's it. That's really. Oh oh oh. I got one more thing on the battle line. The battle line podcast T-shirts. Some people have been asking. The T-shirts, when you go on the tonneau Apparel, what are they? Hey, guys, they're that next-level um, contour-fitting stuff, all that good, thin quality. So we are, we're not putting out cheap stuff. Um, and the Battleline Podcast shirts, if you can't do all that Tono back uh, slash Apparel uh, com, you can always just Google net, and the website will pop up, and then you just hit Tonno Apparel, and you'll see those shirts. And they are. They're fantastic-quality shirts, so— um, you're not, and right now I I know I haven't promoted it a ton. Tons a toolbox? Of like, that, the, no, the toolbox is out there. You're gonna <laughs> see that on the website. Um, everything that I have right now is discounted 15% off. The only reason I didn't put a big hey, everything's 15% off, I felt kind of I felt kind of shitty. It's like oh my gosh, everybody's because everybody else is doing it. Like oh my like, yeah. like, god, dang, money's tight right now. I don't want to be that yeah i come lately like ah, i love everything's on disc, but it is discounted just for that reason but i'm not trying to get you believe me spend your money on your family on food on bills on necessities everything on here is a luxury would we love of course me and i want you to be wearing the battle like podcast shirts and it, they look awesome they're fantastic but again put your money where it needs to go first and then if you have something extra well, we'll we're because of times are tight yeah of course we're gonna we're gonna make discounts on these things
0: yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And the the uh, realistic thing also is just that there's a lot of people who actually their business is thriving, just like there's some people whose business is horrible. They're losing their jobs. Totally yeah. uh, understand it personally. But there's other companies that are thriving because of the fact that everybody's on their computer all day, uh, you know, unfortunately, and not getting out as much. So there's there's certain people who do have money to spend. So yeah, for the guys out there who don't have the money to spend, I certainly don't expect you to buy yeah. anything. And <laughs> and that's actually why I'm glad that we don't do the thing where we're charging for a podcast. I want this yeah. to be completely free for yeah. everybody to enjoy to get something out of. And you are definitely not obligated to buy anything. It's you know, not what we do. So, you know, for the people who are bitching that we have like libraries and stuff, we do this completely free for you guys. So, yeah. you, you know, you, you don't have to buy anything. It's just, if you do, And uh, I should actually say on that note, if you are someone who's on the range, if you are looking to buy ammo, look no further than Fort Scott Munitions, uh, solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation this ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design it was found that not only did the tui ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike with the ammunition being CNC spawn. The tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 States, as well as directly online through f o r t s c o t t m u n i t i o n s dot com dot com use our exclusive promo code Battleline one word for fifteen percent off your order whether you're getting tins you're getting ammo check out the website you're gonna see a ton of stuff that you're gonna say I have to have that so <laughs> yeah. you are it's uh, only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast with that promo code Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peronto. Battleline tactical and the battle line podcast. And uh, just as much as hopefully a lot of you guys are enjoying this, I'm enjoying doing these because there's not a whole lot to do. So just getting to connect with Chris, getting to connect with guys like Jim and doing these long form interviews, I think is awesome. And also, as you were saying, the people listening overseas, You know, highlights in the past would go out with you on on Fox News or, you know, something like that. But I think the difference, the huge difference between that and this is you don't really get to know through those interviews who is Chris Peranto, who is Jim West. And I think if you listen to this, you know, hour and a half to two hours of us talking, you really get a feel for who this person is and, and what drives them and what motivates them every
1: day and and you're getting you're getting real information. You're not getting a soundbite, you're not getting a 4-minute, hey, what can I a structured interview where they're trying to push you. Eh, I've been there, guys, where they're trying to push you a direction to say something to 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 go down that rabbit hole which they can use at another soundbite or misrepresent you. you know, this to me this this is where you're getting your news. This is where you're getting your information. This is the Everyday Man podcast. Uh, radio interviews, stuff like where long format, where you're getting the everyman information that people need to hear and where, where people, I really do believe what I need to hear too, what I need to listen to. um, Because this is where you can get a feeling of what's going on in the world, not from those damn soundbites and not from those structured interviews. And they are structured guys. Believe me, every time I was on Fox or CNN, the producer is, here's our outline of what we're going to ask you. Well, I don't want to game it. Don't, don't give me that shit. And but that's how the majority of them are. I would tell them, no, I'd say, nope, I don't want to know. That way you're going to get an answer, a real answer from me when you ask me that question. And I'd always say, but just be careful what you ask me, because I'm going to give you an answer. It may not be something you want on TV. And the 700 Club was another one. They they didn't like They didn't like some of the <laughs> answers I would give them. Like, don't ask me that. I'm a Christian, but you're still asking me. If you ask me a question. I'm going to give you an answer. But this is where, this is the everyday man News source, our podcast, other podcasts out there like this, because you're getting you're getting to know people, but you're also getting real answers. We're not a structured answer that I had a chance to think about all night. And, uh, how am I going to word this? So it's politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. you're going to get that, which is awesome, which I think is is what people need to hear.
0: Yeah. And, and we focus on things that are really in people's wheelhouse. And I could say this as a guy who's worked in mainstream media. The guys that you see on TV yeah. aren't often. The experts, they're really just the people who are, who want to, you could say media whores, the people who want to be on TV the (laughs) most and and are available the most. I'm not going to say his name, but, like, there's a guy who would appear on Fox News as an expert on law enforcement, and I know for a fact the guy was a police officer for three months. All right, so is Is that an expert on law enforcement? Not not really, not in my mind. you know, so it's it's just take all that stuff with a grain of salt. Like if you want to hear from a true martial arts expert, you're not going to get anyone better than Jim West. I, I could yeah. fully say that.
1: And just a tough son of a bitch, you're not going to get anybody different anybody more tough or tougher than Jim West as well. And that is mental toughness as well as physical toughness. So yeah, that's why you want to listen to, that subject matter expert there, you want to listen to Jim. And that's why I watched like him on the show because, again, just from this interview, I listen and I learn about, from mental toughness from him because he has – out of all the stuff that I've been blessed to go through, which have been very lucky, the man has still endured a hell of a lot more pain and adversity than I have and just listening to him makes me like, man, I can still, I, 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 my life is great. Oh my gosh. And I can, how to, and you know what, when I go out the door tomorrow today and I go down drive, cause I, we can still go to the grocery store here. I don't know if you can in New York, you can, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when I go and somebody cuts me off, I'm not going to be cussing them out because, oh man, this dude cut me off and didn't signal. Yeah. No, I've, my life's great. And, and, and I know how to deal with adversity and I'm learning how to deal with adversity even more so. Because of talking to guys like Jim West, so yeah, bro, this is tremendous, and it it helps me because it, it does help me at the end of the day. Even though in my head, when we for all truthfulness, I'll be completely honest. There's sometimes where it's time for the podcast, and I look at my wife Tanya and I'm like, ah, fuck, I don't want to do. This. I just want to go take a nap. But at the end of it, it makes me feel better too. So all you out there that are listening that help us go, that are helping us go and keep going. You guys are helping me. You're helping me with with, with a therapy. This is therapy for me. So, if you're gonna listen for any other reason, know you're helping my mindset out by just listening to us and let me ramble.
0: And and T- I appreciate Tanya that. Tanya said again the too. same thing to me. I was on the phone with Tanya, I think like a week or two ago, and she was said that you know regardless, <laughs> you always come out of the podcast like smiling about something. But she was like, I hear Joyce doing it. I'm like, all right, that's good to hear.
1: It's just at the beginning, like ah. Uh, I, course, I it's like uh, I'm the same way with
0: uh, going to the gym. Every time you start a workout, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. 20 minutes in, you're like,
1: all right, this yeah. is why I love doing this. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're
2: spot on.
1: <laughs> so, and all you people out there, thank you. I really appreciate it. You guys and you guys have allowed us by the listeners. We're able to have sponsors like For Scott, sponsors like Ned, sponsors like Patch Ops that help us to keep, to keep this going as well. So, brother, you guys—you guys are the are the glue. You're the, you're the you're the that keeps us together. You're also the gasoline that keeps it moving. So, I can't say thank you enough, and, and to all everybody out there that's listening every day.
2: That's all for this week's Bad Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed, and keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Bad Line Podcast. Also, on Twitter at Bad Line Pod. As always, never quit.